Now, I'm guessing that's a call sign. Uh, yeah. So let's, you know, uh, before we get started, let, let's clear something up. You know, most fighter pilots aren't running around out there with Gucci call signs like, uh, you know, Maverick or Iceman. Let's just say that <laughs> some of us go out and earn our call sign and it's usually by doing something stupid. So I, I won't brief you on how I earned my call sign. Well, no, come on now. Welcome to the National Defense. The National Defense is dedicated to the men and women who serve our country in active duty, our veterans, and their families. We're here for you. God bless you. We love you. On each episode, we look for people and stories with some connection to these heroes. I'm Randy Miller. Matthew Wiz Buckley is an ex-Navy fighter pilot turned CEO, published author, financial expert, and renowned speaker for Fortune 500 companies. He applied his combat knowledge into his business, Top Gun Options, and grew it to a multi-million dollar options trading school. We are honored to have Matthew Buckley, Wiz, right here on the National Defense. And we get a real hotshot jet pilot on the program. You know, every time we have one of these hotshot jet pilots, we learn something. And we're going to do that again today. Uh, Matthew Buckley, known as Whiz. He's an ex-Navy fighter pilot turned CEO. You're not going to believe this business, Top Gun Options. Whiz is on the program. Whiz, how are you? I'm fantastic, Randy. How are you doing, my friend? Now, I'm guessing that's a call sign. Uh, yeah. So let's, you know, uh, before we get started, let, let's clear something up. You know, most fighter pilots aren't running around out there with Gucci call signs like, uh, you know, Maverick or Iceman. Let's just say that <laughs> some of us go out and earn our call sign and it's usually by doing something stupid. So I, I won't brief you on how I earned my call sign. Well, no, come on that. now. That was, that was uh, <laughs> I, I was so interested in finding out how you got that. I think it's a 10-drink minimum, and then, uh, yeah, 10-drink minimum. I got you. And then maybe a demonstration. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So now uh, you're okay. an FA-18 Hornet instructor, flew 44 combat missions over Iraq, and, uh, man, what a, what a career. Congratulations, and thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was uh, – the time over Iraq, to be honest with you, was relatively uh, boring. I think the – the highlight of my aviation career as a, as a naval aviator was uh, getting to go to uh, to Top Gun. I mean, that was wow. the, the most challenging flying uh, I did uh, in my life. So, yeah, the, the Iraq stuff, you know, obviously not without its dangers, but, I mean, geez, going to Top Gun was just kind of eye-opening. <laughs> now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but because um, uh, I flew about 10 years ago, I had the great honor of flying with the Blue Angels. And awesome. I, I yep. want to say that was an F-18. Yep, you bet. Yeah. It absolutely was. Oh, man. I, I, and what do you call those guys? Four square? I, I mean, these guys were unbelievable. <laughs> Took me up uh, for about 45 minutes, and it was mm-hmm. the, the safe. You know, I tell people about this experience, and they go, oh, my gosh, were you? was it scary? Was it frightening? I, it was the safest I've ever felt in an aircraft, even during the barrel rolls. Yeah. I mean, that's, yep. that's, that's, that's easily. Incredible. Yeah. The, uh, I, I got to fly with the blues as well in an air show in, uh, Oklahoma city when, uh, one of my best friends was the, uh, the lead solo and those guys just, I mean, they, they, they are tight. It, you know, it's a, it's a seance like atmosphere, uh, <laughs> in the brief and, uh, it really is. And then, you know, you know, the flight might be 45 minutes, but they take about two, three hours to debrief. Oh uh, yeah. Every one of those, you know, to, uh, to a layman on the ground looking up, we think it just looks awesome and flawless and 
it's far from that. And they get in there and they debrief every little uh, thing because it's about improving, you know, their execution and getting better and being safe. You know, it's, uh, yeah, those guys are awesome. Yeah, you know my my goal in life now is to uh, is to fly on the B one. We're right here in Kansas City, Missouri. We're right down from Whiteman Air Force Base. And Whiteman, yeah. I, I don't think mm-hmm. it's it's ever going to happen, but it flies over the uh, the, <laughs> the Chiefs games. Uh, and uh, man, yep. that that thing. Give me your impression of that aircraft. B one is incredible. I mean, it, it's it's got almost the performance of a fighter jet, but those. Uh, four afterburning motors. I mean, the the guys in the front. And uh, I mean, you know, we were. Uh, I, I kind of grew up, you know, '90s, and still had the evil, you know, evil Soviet Union type of thing. But the D1s, right. you know, would train to fly at low altitude to try and, you know, uh, nape of the earth type of flying to be under their radar. So seeing a B1 down at a hundred or two hundred feet, you know, in full afterburner is just. Uh, it's eye watering. So my, I think that's a great plane, and and I love it for what it does. It's one of the best in the world. Hey, we're talking to Matthew Whiz Buckley here, an ex Navy fighter pilot turned CEO on the National Defense. I want to get into this, man. This is a crazy story. Uh, so you left active duty late in two thousand to, to fly the F eighteen mm-hmm. for the Naval Reserve, and then was hired to fly for, for American Airlines, right? First day on the well, job? I, it, it, yeah. The, uh, actually, I was at FedEx first. So okay. this is the story of my life. So I, I was flying for FedEx when I got off active duty and flying for the reserves in Fort Worth. But, you know, out of the, I'd say 17, 18 pilots in my squadron, I'd say almost all of them, since they lived in Dallas, uh, flew for Americans. Sure. So I'd get, off a, I'd get off a FedEx trip and I wouldn't know what time zone I'm in because I'm exhausted from the night flying. And my buddies, you know, would be sitting there uh, getting ready to go do a one versus one dogfight in the squadron while they're sitting reserved for American Airlines. So they were double dipping. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with FedEx. That's right. I want, you know, I want what you guys have. So then is when I left and went to American. <laughs> well, yeah, and talk about the first day. Your first day of the job was nine eleven. 9-11, I was uh, packing, packing for my trip. I was supposed to fly from Dallas to Miami and then uh, Miami to Cancun. And my wife came in and said, hey, you better better take a look at the TV. Somebody, you know, hit the plane with the, uh, hit the World Trade Center with a plane. I said, whatever, don't, you know, I'm busy. You know, I'm packing and it's got to be bad weather or small airplane. And she just said, no, you better come look. And went out there and beautiful day in New York City, big smoking hole. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, you know, I'm going through my mental aviation checklist of how that could have happened. And the next airplane hit, and I immediately knew we were under attack. So I, I still in my room, in my closet, I still have my American Airlines uniform in the plastic because I ran in the, you know, reached past the, the uniform and grabbed my flight suit and put my boots on, didn't even really tie them, and got into my old Porsche. And I think I broke the land speed record getting out to, uh, to Naval Air Station Fort Worth. And I got out there just as they closed it and uh, went to a combat posture. Um, you know, these thought we were under attack. So uh, only one of my other squadron mates made it out there. And we called over to the S-16s who were next door, the uh, Air Force Reserve. It, it was the uh, 457th uh, fighter squadron. And those guys were tied into NORAD. And it turns out four of their guys made it out. So we ran over to their uh, and two 
Naval aviators and four F-16 guys. We, it was like Lexington and Concord. We were wow. standing around briefing how we were going to get airborne and fly combat air patrol. And as we're briefing, the Pentagon got hit. So it was just, it was, and they, you know, we're a poor Navy squadron in Texas, so they had to loan us some uh, missiles. So the, uh, the Air Force was, it, it, Navy Air Force team, they were giving us bullets and, and uh, hooking us up with missiles. And, you know, so yeah, I, 9-11, I went from potentially flying in an airliner that day one down to actually, you know, maybe even shooting down a squadron mate. You know, like I said, right. most of the guys in my, in my squadron were airline pilots and a lot of them were flying, flying that day. So yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of a, uh, <laughs> a really bad day, but it ended up changing kind of the arc and, and the rest of my career. Cause about two weeks after the attack, you know, when I got hired by American, I had this nice color, you know, stationary letter signed in ink by the chief pilot, you know, saying, welcome aboard. And two weeks after 9-11, I got a photocopied letter from uh, American Airlines HR saying, dear crew member, you're furloughed. Oh, <laughs> so wow. Yeah, a, uh, right. Yep. Wow. Lost my job, lost my health care, everything, you know, kind of in the blink of an eye. So that was a uh, uh, that was a gut check. Clearly, there was 3000 people who had it a hell of a lot worse than I did. But uh yeah, I had, to, I had to really scramble and kind of start a new career. Wiz, let me ask you about your transition a little bit. You, after 44 combat missions over Iraq and that kind of adrenaline rush and that kind of a mission uh, every single day to transition out of that, how was your transition back to civilian life? It was, uh, you know, going from, you know, we call it the, the double after burning crack pipe. You know, when you go from <laughs> yeah. doing that, to uh, to the civilian world, it, it you know even if I had stayed in an airline career, I, I just you know it's it's not the same flying. I mean, you go sure. from you know a Ferrari Ferrari to a moped, so um, it it kind of sucked. It was you know you go through withdrawal and yeah. you know go from being uh, on top of the world and doing some of the best flying in the world to uh, to that. So it's it's tough, uh, but a lot of guys you know actually I'm down here in South Florida and there's a group of us that, uh, own L 39s, which is a, uh, Aero Vodochi. It's a Czechoslovakian light attack jet. So, uh, single engine, two seat. Uh, so I actually get to, you know, it's 450 knots, eight G airplane. So I, oh, wow. it, it's not a one, but I still get to, uh, I still get to smell the jet a perfume. <laughs> you uh, get to play every, a little bit every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it puts a smile on my face. It's, it's a good time, but it's definitely not the the rush of a of a catapult shot, and it's definitely not the sheer terror of a of a night trap aboard the boat. You know, that's uh, in bad weather <laughs> with an emergency. We're talking to Matthew Wiz Buckley here on the National Defense, and okay, let's let's get into uh, this this uh, little business you started, <laughs> and I say little business, mm-hmm. Top Gun Options. <laughs> And this is something mm-hmm. that you got into. You grew it to a multi-million dollar options trading school. What, I mean, how does that happen? It's, well, it's interesting. I mean, I was always, you know, always wanted to fly for the Navy, uh, but, you know, was always interested in finance as well. And uh, I remember getting commissioned 1991 as an ensign uh, from Jacksonville University. And I got stashed before I went to flight school uh, down at Naval Air Station Key West. And I remember just driving down to the Keys and, you know, getting all set up. And I remember saying, you know what, uh, maybe I should take some of this first ensign paycheck and put it away or start investing. I remember, 
you know, that April, April, 1991, like writing a check, I don't know, 25 bucks, 50 bucks to USAA's aggressive growth fund or something like that. And I just got, I just just kind of grew from there. I I got interested in uh, individual stocks and started buying stocks. And then one day, uh, one of my uh, squadron mates uh, was like, Hey man, I noticed you trade stocks. You know, have you ever heard about these things called options? I said, dude, I have no idea what the, those are. So I, you know, took him to lunch at the officer's club and changed my life. He explained the world of options to me. Uh, and it was fantastic. So after nine 11 happened, uh, you know, I had to scramble. I more or less turned my trading, which was up until that point, kind of a hobby and, you know, just nice to have on the side to kind of a, my full-time business. And I was doing so well and it was, it's not, rocket surgery. I mean, trading is a form of combat. Somebody's going to win and somebody's not. So I just kind of applied everything I was doing as a fighter pilot to my trading, having a strategy, Hmm. uh, implementing tactics, contingency planning, knowing when to get out of something or when I'm leaving before I even get into it. Um, And it worked, it worked really well. So I popped up on the radar uh, of one of the largest volatility arbitrage uh, options trading firms in the world headquartered up in the, uh, Chicago Board of Trade. So, you know, they, they said they, I, I literally feel like uh, felt like Eddie Murphy in trading places. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, kind of, they called me up to the big leagues and, hey, what do you do? And I kind of showed him and, and I had a blast. I, I was up there for about three, three and a half years, started my own kind of CNBC. It was called the Options News Network. So I started because CNBC is mainly stocks only and right. really doesn't cover options too well. So we started the Options News Network. Uh, to teach retail traders, you know, the, the world of options. So uh, I had a blast, but, you know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm an Navy guy. I'm a beach guy. Love Chicago. Love the people, wine, steak, you name it. But right. nine months out of the year is just pure misery, man. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I, right. I uh, stared at a wall. You know, I, I, I took the train. I used to live out in uh, the suburbs out in Naperville, and I'd take this 32-minute train in. And going from walking from Union Station to the Board of Trade, it's like four blocks, you know, during the spring or, you know, maybe the one day in the fall is beautiful. But for nine, walking in February from the train station to the Board of Trade was a survival exercise. Oh, get out of here. You're a fighter pilot. (laughs) You'd be surprised, man. (laughs) I don't like being cold. But, um yeah, so you know, after every three years, you get orders and you go do something new. So it kind of kept things fresh. So after three years up there, I was like, you know what? To be honest with you, I I can kind of do this on my own and kind of live where I want to live. So I started. So we moved from Chicago in 2010. And I started Top Gun Options in, in 2010 and just kind of take the, the the Navy methodology. You know that because Navy flight training is designed to take somebody in a short amount of time with steely-eyed fighter pilot. So I do the same thing with mom and pop, you know, little old lady in tennis shoes, just hmm. average folks. Uh, and I take them, you know, put them through kind of that uh, demo do process that I learned in the military. And, you know, people are up and trading options successfully. Yeah, this is fascinating to me where I am in my life right now, because uh, I, I kind of, when the, when the pandemic hit, uh, I, I kind of got into mm-hmm. st- stocks and, and, and doing some day trading and, uh, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there and was, was kind of successful. And I've got some friends of mine mm-hmm. that have talked about options and different things. So, I, I mean, I, man, I think you're right on target, uh, 
uh, time-wise for mm-hmm. for this school for sure. What what kind of stuff do you do you teach people? And, and and can you give us an example of somebody that you started and where they are now? Sure. Yeah. To, first of all, 2020, 30 years of trading and investing. 2020 was lights out trading for me. It was the best uh, year of trading. It was insane. Uh, wow. I remember sitting. So I do Monday through Thursday, I do what I call live trade briefs, about a you know, half an hour, an hour brief. And I think it was a Thursday, January 22nd. I'm sitting there watching, you know, all the beautiful people in the world in Davos. They all fly into Davos in January for their, you know, their beautiful people conference or whatever. And I, you know, I have a pretty good network of folks that are still, you know, in the, in a big five building uh, up north and on the hill. So I have a good network of people. And, you know, beginning of January, late December, I'm hearing about this, you know, this virus in China and uh, starting to pop up on my radar. And I'm starting to hear that folks in the government are getting briefed about how bad this could potentially be. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm starting to, you know, tell my traders, my members that, hey, we, we probably need to start trimming our sales or getting to potentially eject. And right. January 22nd, Trump was, uh, president Trump was being interviewed, uh, on CNBC. And, uh, the, I remember the reporter asked him was almost towards the end, like a throwaway question. He's like, Hey, you know, Mr. President, what's up with this, this virus out of China? And he's like, yeah, you know, what are you even asking me about it for? It's nothing. It's not even going to come here. I know you right. he's fine. And I'm kind of, you know, dumb question. Move on. I looked, you know, the camera on my computer and I told everybody, get out. Mm. I said, get long volatility, get bullish on volatility and buy puts on the S&P 500. And we pounded that thing wow. into the dirt for a month, a month and a half. And if you remember on the way down, what were all the quote smart money telling people? They're like, oh, this is a bottom or I'd buy the dip or. Right. And, and they don't disclose, you know, most of those quote smart money folks on CNBC are all long, meaning they're just they're buying and holding stocks. So right. of course on the way down, they're going to say that. And Oh, by the way, misery loves company. So every time one of those quote smart money guys was like, Hey, buy the bottom here. It, the next day the Dow went down another 3000 points. Mm-hmm. So we now, you know, so it was, it was very cool. Uh, you know, at literally a little lady in tennis shoes, um, from it's Mara post. Her name is from Wisconsin. She didn't even know what stocks were, you know, this time last year. And, uh, you know, maybe even a seven figure uh, year for her and uh, retired little. It was insane. So we uh, the best thing about trading options or or teaching folks about this is um, that you could potentially make money. It doesn't matter if the market's going up, down or sideways, as long as it's it's going. We we like movement. And then I, I, I missed the bottom by like. 0.02 0.02 seconds. It was the another Thursday. At it was in March, and the uh, it was the weekly jobless claims number that was six million. I was stunned. I've never even seen a wow. number like that. And as I'm getting ready to type into my computer, like, hey, we're going down even further. That's when the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell came out and said, "We're just dropping a financial nuke." And in the blink of an eye, I said, "No longer bearish. Get bullish with both hands." And it's funny. Because as the market started going up, all the folks that missed it on the way down and were wrong were saying, no, 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 we're going to go back to these March lows. And the market just kept going up. So the 2020 is the year Wall Street died. It just uh, There is no such thing as the smart money anymore. We're, we're the smart money. You're the smart money. I mean, you, you use your brain and you can do better than 
uh, those folks that have big houses in the hand. Well, you know, uh, twenty was just fantastic. And it's one thing to do it; it's it's another thing to understand uh, why you're doing it. And I've got a lot of buddies of sure. mine that say. Yeah. Why does the market keep going? We don't understand it. We can, we're no, you know, I mean, we're we're glad, yeah. uh, but it's like sure. we we need a guy like you to to map this out for us. How can you find out more about Top Gun options and and what you teach? Yeah, you can go to our website topkinoptions.com or you know find us uh, on our page. I actually just got done actually tomorrow so today. Uh, I do um, five days of free trading. I don't say, Hey, you know, here's 92 PowerPoint slides and pay me some money and come see what I do. I actually literally open up the doors this week, uh, to my trading squadron and people walk around and kick the tires and watch flight operations. So if they're interested, if folks, you know, um, and actually you can go watch the replays too. If you, the website is go com slash ft replay that stands for full throttle replay so you can go on that web page and go watch uh everything we did um just if, if 2020 was lights out trading it, 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 you know the past couple of days with this whole GameStop and uh, amc and all of these right. retail traders this week retail traders have destroyed several and now the the rich elite Wall Street folks are screaming for like Uncle Sam to get involved. So hold on, hold on yeah. let me get this straight. It's it's okay for you guys to manipulate the market <laughs> right. and pound right pound regular Americans into the dirt, but when we do it, you don't like it. So right. this right. is it, it now has never been a better time learning to do some of the from South Jersey dragging you know political science major and F eighteen pilot, and if I can do this. I guarantee you, uh, anybody can do it. Man, it's, it's fun. It's, yeah, it is fun. It, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to talk to you. Whiz, man, I, I got to tell you, you've, uh, you're a smart guy. You're, uh, you, you've latched onto something, uh, tremendous here. And, uh, I'm going to be, appreciate that. I'm going to be on your side. I, I want to find out more about this. And, uh, one, one, real quick, uh, Randy, the, uh, I also wrote a book on my transition from, uh, the military to the business world. It's a little play on words. It's called from sea level to sea level. So from sea level to sea level uh, is the name of my book. Uh, if folks want to kind of read uh, about that transition and also me kind of being Eddie Murphy and treating places. Absolutely. I love the, uh, the subtitle a fighter pilots journey from the front lines to the front office. That's cool. You got it. Wiz, thank you. Yeah. For, thank you, man. Thank you for the time. I'm going to be on your site, you and, and I expect to be wealthy in about two months. <laughs> oh, boy. Is that the, is I'm going to get bearish on the market. That, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Have a great now day. You're getting it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Randy. <laughs> Good talking to you. You know, you don't have to be a five-star general to be involved with the national defense. You can subscribe and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You've been listening to The National Defense. The National Defense is written and hosted by me, Randy Miller, and executive produced by Nate Heron. Be sure to visit us online at thenationaldefense.com.